0: Shadow Bucks. This is uh, coming to you courtesy of uh, Mathis and Raymond, uh, basically Productions. Um, give thanks to Carlos Mathis and uh, Matthew Long for basically starting up uh, the CMT movement with the CMT Firestorm, our football talk show that we have, and also the Cold Hard Truth on Sports, um, which comes on every Tuesday night here on Blog Talk Radio with uh host. Uh, Matthew Long, the Executioner, and like I said before, you have the CMT Firestorm Football Talk Show every Wednesday night uh, with Clausel Mathis, uh, Michael Brewer, um, and also uh, Chi-Town, and I also participate in that show also with uh, the mouth of the South, Tony Watley. But right here, right now, I'm uh, calling in. And then I'm about to bring in somebody else on the line. I've got area code 336. What's going on?
1: What's going on, Jerry? Hey,
0: I'm good. I'm good, man. Uh, introduce yourself to the people out there.
1: Greg skills Calling from North Carolina.
0: All right, all right. Yeah, uh, Brother Greg here has basically been, uh, you know, they with me uh, for boxing ever since, uh, I guess, what, what has it been, uh, September of 2013, basically? Correct, correct. Yeah, with that uh, big big fight they had there with Floyd Mayweather and uh, Canelo Alvarez, and then we've been, you know, basically, uh, you know, talking about boxing ever since then. Yeah, 10-4. I mean, that's basically what it is. I mean, it's not a – is very
1: few of us left, the guys that actually love the sport, and they're not just the casual fans that, that don't appreciate the science of the game. So um, yeah. I love to conversate with anybody that um, that's articulate with the science of the sport and just watching two guys slug. Not to say that it's not entertaining, yeah. but you also got to <clears> appreciate <throat> the sweet science of, of boxing.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, it seems like, you know, over the past week or so, a lot of people have, you know, basically tried to go at a certain fighter because he doesn't slug it out with opponents and uh, doesn't stand toe-to-toe in these so-called runs around the ring. But we're going to get at that a little bit later on uh, on this show. Um, First thing I wanted to pretty much tackle was what was going on yesterday. Uh um, yeah, you had, uh, he had a fight on HBO and also you had, uh, you know, a fight on CBS earlier in the day. So, um, you know, really wanted to tackle uh, that first fight on CBS that, you know, people didn't really, I don't know if many people noticed it or not, but it was kind of like a little, good little tussle there, uh, between, um, uh, uh, Rick, uh, Burns and Figueroa. So, uh, yeah, I was going to see yeah. if you were able to catch that. Yeah, that
1: fight right there—that was um—it was an interesting fight. I was just a little curious of um. It seemed like Omar had him and the referee against Burns. I mean, it was like, from what I saw, and I watched the fight twice. Um, what I saw was both guys were engaging in the clinches and tying each other up, but right. Burns was the only one that was pretty much being punished and being warned for it. I mean, not mm-hmm. not to say that 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 pretty much um, indicated the outcome of the fight because I don't really think it it did. I mean, to me, Omar just seemed a little bit bigger. It seemed like he had a little bit more on his punches than what Burns did. But I do uh-huh. think that that the referee sort of hurt hurt Burns from getting in his groove or fighting that type of fight. You know, right? That's just my opinion. You know what I mean? Because, like I say every time that, that Burns would hold or, or clench, the referee was, you know, warning him or deducting points. You know, I just thought that it was a little ironic because I seen that on both ends. Omar was doing the same thing, too. But um, still, to mm-hmm. me, I think the side <clears throat> was the biggest thing in that fight.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, Ricky Burns did have a couple of disadvantages uh, going into that fight. Um One, he was basically, you know, this was his first fight outside of the U.K. And Uh uh, and then, you know, on top of that, having that being your first fight outside of the U.K., and then it's, you know, against Figueroa, who's basically from Texas, you know, not that far away from. Yeah, basically in his hometown. So you're basically having a... You know you're you're you're, you're basically fighting a, a a a fight where you're you're virtually the away team, like in a basketball or football game. It's like, you know, the Dallas Cowboys went to FedEx Field. That's basically what Ricky Burns did in this fight. Right. You know?
1: I mean, whenever you fight a guy with the ring like 25 miles from where his house is, I mean, it's never good. Yeah. I mean, it was a pro It was a pro Mexican crowd, you know. Yeah. Yeah but that's pretty much what he expected. I mean, he still had problems making the weight even though he had moved up in weight. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I still just think that Ricky was at a crossroads fight and he really needed to win, but I just – it wasn't his night looking at the circumstances of where he was at. You know, I think he was a little bit overwhelmed. And and as I said again,
0: the referee didn't, didn't help. Yeah, the referee didn't really give him that many breaks in in, in that fight, and uh, you know once once he was basically you know down on round eight, and then they gave away that point in round eight was virtually over by then. Um, Correct. And it was like um you know like Paulie said, I mean the clinches they weren't like clinches like he was trying to intensely hold Figueroa. Right. It was just that he was just you know in there too close and you know just trying to. You know, either fight his way out of it or you know kind of like stop the offense from Figueroa. You know I mean? and, and, we, and then and then when you have it like that, um you're basically just having that fighter in a disadvantage when he's not even able to do that you know there there's 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 strategic holding and then there's blatant holding, and what Ricky Burns was doing right there was strategically holding, and the referee didn't allow that. Right. You know, so that kind of you know that kind of like stopped things uh in his shacks for that one, and uh and that basically just derailed you know anything that Ricky burns could do, and we' and for that we're not really sure as far as what he's gonna do because I mean he's already faced you know uh Crawford beforehand last year, and he really you know he really couldn't do much against Crawford and. Now going against somebody like Figueroa, which, you know, that means he really can't beat the elite fighters in the division, whether it's at 135 or at 140 or uh, wherever he goes. So he's basically going to be, you know, basically a mid-grade fighter uh, from now on.
1: And, yeah, but my thing
0: with Figueroa going forward, I think that, um,
1: you know, as long as he fights the, the the caliber fighters of Richie Burns, here will do well. But if you he think he's gonna uh, get in there with the elite, you know, I don't think he stand a chance. Crawford will beat him, in my opinion. I think if Danny will stay at the weight class, Garcia beat him. Cause to me, Figueroa can only fight one way, and that's staying right, right. on top of you. You know. Right. So I mean, if you look at the at the at the belt holders, I don't I don't see him being able to uh, to do anything besides having the lucky shot. And when, and skill wise, I just think that all of the guys with the with the strap, they um, they're a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit better than he is skill wise. Right. Not to say that right. he's not entertaining or exciting fight, <clears throat> but I don't see him being mm-hmm. anybody with
0: any title holds. Right. I mean, like right now, and and he's at the uh, 140 pound division, which is like most loaded division they have out there right now. With, I mean, they still have Broner there at 140. Post all the Undefeated guy from the Ukraine, Peterson, who might or might not stay at 140. Matisse providing a call for me. There's still a lot of people out there in 140. So right. you know, I don't. I'm not sure if you know Figueroa would be a guy that would you know challenge those type of people and end up uh, you know winning uh, against those type of contenders. But yeah, I don't see. I it. mean yeah well, i mean we we'll see what what he does in the near future, but I don't know if they're gonna match him up uh with any of those top guys in the near future and to see how they're gonna end up turning out uh you know so that's gonna be you know something there that we'll pretty much uh look into but um the other thing that was happening you know yesterday or last night. Uh, was on HBO, you know, in Houston at Minute Maid Park with, uh, you know, uh, Saul Cabello Alvarez against James Kirkland. Uh, I- I'll I'll uh, say what uh, Saul Alvarez nickname is, but I'm not gonna say what James Kirkland nickname is. I just can't do it. I'm sorry. So uh, we go we go in there, and uh, people knew that it would be a, a a slug it out type of fight, you know. And uh it was able to go three rounds and Canelo scored the KO victory over James Kirkland. Um and my thing was it was that I mean Kirkland is a straightforward type fighter, so it was gonna be it wasn't gonna go we weren't we all knew that it wasn't gonna go the distance. Um but my thing was is that Kirkland just, you know, curtain, you know, stay in front of Canelo, because Canelo is more of an accurate puncher and can actually, you know, set things up. And when Canelo actually knocked out Kirkland, he basically set it up by going to the body first and then later on uh, going to the head in order to score that knockdown. You know, so that basically uh, showed the skill that... um that uh, what that uh, Canelo had uh, in this fight. So, what were your uh, initial thoughts on it?
1: Well, one thing about Canelo Alvarez that people don't understand: as long as Canelo fight that particular fighter, he's always going to look great. He's going he's going to look like what everybody projects him to be. Canelo number one, as you see, his ha- his hand speed is so much faster than what Kirkland's were. I mean, and his and accuracy is so much better than what Kirkland brings to the table. What people don't understand, everybody's going by Kirkland's last fight. If you look at his last fight, he's been off well over a year and a half, going on two years when he fought Tapia, the Jersey kid, okay? I, uh-huh. He had went up in weight to 200 pounds or over. So the majority of his camp, he pretty much had to take the weight off. He couldn't really focus on getting ready for the fight, not saying mm-hmm. that he got rid of Ann Wolf to pick up uh, a predominantly new trainer that nobody really knows in the boxing world. Uh, right. So that didn't help him. It, it, it wasn't like that he had really went with a, a, a named trainer, you know, but right. I just I thought he was carving copies to make Canelo
2: look
0: good. James can only fight right.
2: one way, and and,
0: and he had yeah. no defense. His True. defense is his All offense. Right. Yeah, exactly. Now we got two more people on the line uh, here coming up. i got got uh, 813-482 uh, right now. Uh, state your name, where you calling from.
3: This is Gary and Nakari from Tampa.
0: Hey, what's going on, Gary Nakari? How y'all doing?
4: Good, how are you?
0: Oh, we're doing real good, real good. Uh, you know, just talking about uh, what's going on here with uh, that Canelo-Kirkland uh, fight that happened last night. And, um, you know, Brother Greg here just gave an analysis of, you know, what um, Canelo is basically all about. Um, were you able to catch the fight?
4: I watched it last night with my
0: parents. Uh, all right, that's what's up, that's what's up. Um, so what did you think of it?
4: Well, I'm not very familiar with James Kirkland as a fighter but I um it was kind of sad. He started off really, really strong. He was taking his punches pretty well but he was he was really pressing the fight. But Canelo mm-hmm. just basically weathered the storm and came back at him and he wasn't able to uh, recover from Canelo's power, it seems like. Yeah. So and then he wasn't tight enough. So kinda he paid mm-hmm. for it.
0: Right, right. Yeah, the thing with uh, James Kirkland is, I mean, he's mainly an offensive type of fighter. Um, he really isn't – well, he's more of an offensive fighter, but he's not, like, someone that really is accurate and kind of, like, measures his punches out uh, all too well, because if he did that, he would be much more of a dangerous fighter than he is. Um, that That's why, you know, Canelo was able to weather the storm uh, after that first round and then the first half of the second round, and basically – you know, measure up, Kirkland, and then basically, eventually, like ended up knocking him out uh, in the third round. Here, um, man, we'll get back to you right quick. But I have another person on the line here eight one three seven eight four. So eight one three seven eight four. Tell us your neighbor where you called calling from. Let's see the same line. Eight one three seven eight four. Can you Yeah.
5: It's Matt in Puerto Rico. All
0: right, then Matt, what's going on there,
5: Matt? All right. just uh, enjoy all two and a half rounds of that uh, <laughs> that main event. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, everybody knew that it would be a it would be an all action type of fight. I mean, those two are basically come forward fighters, um, uh, especially Kirkland, because uh, Kirkland is a come forward fighter, but doesn't really have the you know, technical skills to make adjustments in the middle of a fight. And so he was basically yeah. the underdog in that fight. You know what I mean? So what were your what was your quick analysis
5: of the fight in general? Can, well, my breakdown of the fight, is the first round was it was it was slower than I thought it would be with two guys that were punching it out. I think Canelo pretty much controlled the first round. Uh he controlled most of the second round and Kirkland kind of weathered the storm there and kind of came back at at the end, got a second win, took that into the third round, and then got knocked down with an uppercut. And then just after getting back up from the uppercut, that's where he got the right hook that he took to the jaw that put him out. I I was hoping Mm -hmm. the fight would go longer than that. I didn't know if it would be a knockout. My question of Canelo was now that he's – I mean, he's – I mean, Kirkland's a B-side fighter. we got to face it. He's a B-side fighter. So it was just the next guy up for him. Uh, it, was he still going to be able to continue to knock guys out, uh, or is it or is it just what we're going to see with more of the trends when, when guys move up a weight class or two and, you know, he's starting to go more decisions, or, or what will it be? So obviously he's still, he still – he obviously has the, the power to knock people out, and he obviously got the knockout in – in the third round, I had him my head on the cards. Anyway, so I, I he would have he would have won three rounds handily had he been had Kirkland been saved by the bell again. Right, exactly,
0: exactly. Now, um, going back to like uh Gary Nakar, you're still on the line. Yep. Yeah. Um. I see that uh that you were coming in here and. Uh, what I really wanted to do, since, since you're on the line, is I wanted to get a little bit about, you know, what you're doing as you're, you know, you're a young prospect out there. Um, you recently were in uh, the Atlanta area in, uh, last month uh, for the um, exhibition that they had. So if you want to, you could uh, just go over right quick what you were doing there in Atlanta and what you're currently in the uh, midst of doing.
4: Team USA was fighting against Team China. We won them. Uh, we won in the duel. <clears throat> I was battling sickness for all, the whole camp. I still fought, though. I thought I was going to be able to fight and um, just be able to tough it out. I did end up losing, but now I am just getting ready for the Olympic qualifier, which is in Colorado Springs. And uh, I'll be going back up to New York to train with Coach Kelly Richardson of Jimmy Boxing. And then after that I placed in the uh Olympic qualifier, then I'll have my spot in the Olympic trial.
0: Right. Right. Now it. Yeah. Now, last time um you were in New York, you were training there with um I think it was not with necessarily uh, Danny Garcia, but with um uh who was it again? I think it was um no, I had it off I had it off the top of my head. Um
2: that's that you were training with
0: yeah, was it was Ochoa, Jack, Ochoa.
2: Ochoa, right,
0: yeah, Ochoa, yeah, so, uh, yeah, that was, um, kind of like a few, a few weeks before that fight that Danny had with, um, with Peterson, they'd show up there right. in, uh, the New York area with that, so, so you had that, and then after that, you were able to go to Atlanta, and,
4: um, and, uh, the little, I went to Colorado right. Springs first and trained at the Olympic Training Center with the uh, mm-hmm. the girls on the national team, and then we went to Atlanta mm-hmm. for a week. We were supposed to fight Bulgaria and Canada and China, but those other right. uh, countries were out, so it was only China.
0: Right, right. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, um, another thing that, um, you know, was going on is that, you know, since you're basically going through Olympic trials is that um, you have like a little you know, movement going on to see if, like, people were um, able to see if they could, uh, you know, pitch in or help out with your, you know, your quest to get into the Olympics? Uh, could you go into a little bit with that?
3: Um, when it comes to any kind of sponsorship or any kind of endorsements or any kind of funding, um, we ha- we're we seeking it now. But, you know, with economic times and, and people just not – they're not as giving as they, they normally are, so everything has been private. I've been funding everything so far. But yeah, we're open mm-hmm. to um we're open to anyone who's
0: willing to to put into her training. All right, gotcha, gotcha. So um yeah, Gary, uh we what we may what we may do in reference to that is we may have to set something up a little bit later on to where, you know, we're able to put something into an account to where we're you know, people will be able to pitch in and, you know, either kind of sponsor you know, give a little money here and there to help out with that. Um, I'm actually going to you know, get like stuff tomorrow. Okay,
3: okay. Two uh, of her advisors, and there's going to be some tomorrow. So anyone, whether it's from, you know, local, uh, anywhere, you know, stateside or anywhere international, they want to, you know, put towards her training or anything at all, sponsorship that they'll
0: be able to do it. All right, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, um, yeah. Once you're able to get that set up, just let me know, and you know I'll be able to share that on, uh, you know, on my Facebook page number one, and then number two on the uh, website that we have uh, the C H L Sports dot com. Um, I, I have the uh, I have a boxing section there, so you know I'm able to do something where I could, you know, add it in the article that I write, as far as you know what you know Macari is doing, and uh, you know get people involved with that.
3: Yes, yeah, and we appreciate it, man. And anytime you need her, man, just you know, just give us a shot, and we'll be glad to you know to come on here with whoever, wherever camp we're at, whoever's in the camp, we'll um, have them jump in on the air also.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Hey, uh, Greg, is there anything you want to add in to
3: that?
1: No, uh, I just um just basically like I said, let let, let James know um, where you guys would want the money sent. And any way I could help anybody to achieve their dreams, I'm willing to donate
5: or help as
2: much as I can.
5: Okay.
3: No problem. Thank you. Thank you for your time, Jay. Greg, thanks. Um, keep on listening. Um, you
0: going to put us up on mute and keep on listening? Yeah, all right, no doubt. Let me uh, get that on there right quick for you. Hold on just a second, man. And uh, all right. So, yeah, um, So, yeah, y'all just heard it right there. Um, We're trying to get uh, Assistant Nakari Jones uh, there on her quest to be in the Olympics, the next Olympics that are coming up for the summer. Um, So we're going to be able to uh, get some things done uh, with Brother Gary here to help get that set up to, you know, help her out. So uh, be on the lookout for that over the next uh, couple of weeks or so, and uh, you'll see what you'll be able to do to help out with that. Now, real quick, going back to – this whole thing with uh so Canelo Alvarez and his recent win over James Kirkland. Um I wasn't able to catch uh this uh little video clip they had of um Ann Wolf uh there after the fight with Kirkland. Uh hey Greg, were you able to catch that?
1: Well she was basically she was basically talking about when um uh, you know James's troubles when he was in and out of, you know, lock up and how she pushed him, you know, to get to where he was at. That's all. It was just – it was nothing that you yeah. haven't heard before. You know, right. it's sort of sad that the biggest fight of his career and he goes another direction. And we are, mm-hmm. we've we all seen what happened with that before when he went another direction and he got stopped then. I mean, right. he, and, and can find stuff, something in James. And he can push him into places that nobody else can. Not to say that right. would have made the outcome of this fight be any different, because I don't think it would have. I just think correct that he was tailor made for Canelo to look good. Oscar and Golden Boy they knew right what they was doing when they got Kirkland. If you remember, they tried to get Kirkland two years ago, you know, uh-huh. as a comeback fight. So it's no different now. James Kane right. got his payday, and it gave Golden Boy what they wanted. Their Golden Goose looked like a superstar again. So now he's mm-hmm. topic of conversation. I mean, I'm seeing mm-hmm. already what they're talking about, him fighting Mayweather again for his last fight, but it would not be a catchweight, you know. I mean, who would want to do yeah. that again? I know I would, you know.
0: No, I, mean, I wouldn't anyway.
1: either. Even, even um, his trainer, Sheppel had said in the little interview, um before the fight, there was a fighter segment, how he would have bet his wife that Canelo would have beat Mayweather. Then, the actual fight, he said it was like the kid swinging at a pinata at a birthday or a Mexican holiday. How if you go low, right. Mayweather's high. If, if you're high, he's low. Just how slick and, and slippery that Mayweather is, that's what nobody gets him credit for. But everybody calls it running. I mean, I don't yeah. understand what running is. I mean I understand what boxing is. I mean
0: Yeah, and exactly. To me,
1: that's what he does at the utmost, but that's just my opinion of the situation. But I mean to me Kirkland was made perfect for Canelo to look good. Mm-hmm. Now He has no defense. He came in, he threw everything he had yeah. the first round. Yeah. For the first yep. round his punches didn't have anything on him like they did prior. So that that right there sort of make me, you know, question his conditioning. You know, I mean, Uh his conditioning, it couldn't couldn't have been the best. I mean, to me, I think the majority of his camp spent losing the weight.
0: Right. That that was the early talk then was was that, you know, they really kind of concentrated on Kirkland losing the weight instead of him, like, actually having some type of you know, working on the skills or working on studying Canelo Alvarez and what Canelo was doing in his fight. It was more about trying to lose weight and, you know, get his eating right and that type of thing instead of actually training for uh, Canelo Alvarez.
1: Correct. In other words of being a professional, because my thing is, when, when I look at somebody like like James Kirkland, nothing against James, I mean, he's a warrior, right? But at this state in his career, you can't teach James anything new. I mean, because James is going to go back to doing one thing, that's being James. I mean, you got to look, James, he sees he's seasoned he's been in the game for a little bit. And to me, you can't, there's nothing you can add to what James does because he is who he is. And at this point in right. time, I don't think, only time he's going to make adjustments is when he's thinking about it. But as soon as he gets punched, he's going to go back to doing what he knows how to do, and that's one thing. That's ball. And and that's his Achilles heel. I mean, you can't right. change defense. I, not at this stage in his career. Because, like I say, he's mm-hmm. a wonderment dimensional fighter and his defense is his offense.
0: Right, right. And, I mean, uh, if you're able to, you know, withstand his, withstand his punches and his blows, I mean, you'll be able to get to him. Uh, it's basically like, you know, it's basically like fighting an older version of a Mike Tyson. I mean, all you got to do is get through his offense. And if you get through his offense, then you'll be able to take him down and take him out. You know, so that's, but, you know, basically what James Kirkland is.
1: If you look at Canelo, Canelo, was, he, was, he was so in control that it was unreal. Even when James was letting off his his barrage of punches. Canelo wasn't doing it but catching him. I mean, it didn't like right. to hit Canelo with anything, anything flush. Yeah, I mean, he just had his hands yeah. up.
2: And,
1: and he was just so composed, you know. And at the time, James, it ain't like he was picking his punches. He was just bombing away. So he spent the majority of his energy punching nothing.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, he was just rolling with the, rolling with the punches that he had there. And, um, and then was able to just throw what he had, you know what I mean? And um, be able to, you know, do what he needed to do in order to, you know, execute here. Um, So that was the thing on that. And, and, and like you said, Kirkland was basically a stand-in-front-of-you stand type of fighter. Uh, right. No different than, um, you know, no different than um, when Canelo faced uh, uh, Fredo Angulo. Right, uh, And is exactly a fighter. So, right, yeah, same I mean, thing right there. Right, correct. And
1: as long as they put him in with fighters like that, believe me, their matchmaker know what they are doing. As long as they put him in there with guys like that, he'll always look good. Every time yeah. they put him in there with a slick boxer, he will always be exposed. That's why yeah. they, they don't want to put him in there with a Laura. They don't want to put him in there with a Mayweather. The the whole purpose of even mentioning Mayweather's name is because everybody's waiting on that day where Mayweather turns old in the ring. But I don't see it happening, you know, just because Mm -hmm. he has no bad habits. You know, as soon as they question his legs, he shows you he has plenty of legs left. I mean, and his mobility and his movement is still there. It's not going anywhere. I mean, and that's the right thing to do after everybody had their opinion about last week's show
0: Right, right. And um, that was my thing with um, Canelo's fight against Lara, is that, um, you know, Lara was able to frustrate him, you know what I mean? And, um, and I think he, he really, you know, did well in that fight, just like uh, what you call it um, – like Austin Trout did in his fight, you know. Um, I think both of them were able to, like, kind of do well against Canelo. I think with the thing with Austin Trout is that, you know, he was right there in the middle of, um, you know, in Texas when they had that open scoring, right. open scoring in effect. So when you had, you know, after round four and then after round eight, they basically gave Canelo a big old lead. There was nothing really that Austin Trout could do. From
2: then on. Right,
1: right,
0: correct, and and, and I, I see and. already.
1: Oh, yeah. Hey, what was that? I said I see already what Oscar is saying. You know, he's talking Mayweather. He's talking, uh, or um, Cotto. Said so they'll be they'll be yeah. eyeing the June sixth Cotto fight, right? But now, right. but when it when it comes to to Triple G, he's saying he would prefer to wait two years. Okay, so if you wait two years to <laughs> Triple G, if I'm not, if I'm correct, Triple G is what thirty two years old. I mean, so you are gonna wait two years to fight Triple G? I mean, it's like that's another fight. That's the type of fighter that he wants, but I think he's worried about the fire and power of Triple G because those two yeah. have sparred before. I mean, it's like uh, he, he he's hes Oscar all over again in a sense. It's all about mm-hmm. taking the right fight like, for Canelo.
0: Right, right. Now I'm going to see if um, we have uh, somebody else on here. Hold on just a second. I'm going to see. Uh, we have um, 443 on the line? Yeah, what's up? It's Jason. Hey, what's going on there, Jason, man? How you doing? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? Uh, doing good, doing good. Just uh, We were just here, uh, you know, dissecting what uh, Canelo Alvarez is doing and how Oscar De La Hoya is kind of like protecting this fighter right here in that he doesn't really want to put him against uh, what I, who I call Triple OG, Gennady uh, Golovkin. Um, you know, they don't want to put him in there, you know, too soon against Golovkin. They want to wait two years. But, but what I'm saying is, is that why don't you – have him on against uh, Golovkin next May. I mean, if if Floyd Mayweather's going to have his last fight in September, that means that May date is wide open. And Correct. You have, and you have Cinco de Mayo, you'll have that date open, and then there will be no bigger fight that you can put together right then and there than, you know, Golovkin and Canelo, especially if you're going to match Canelo with Cotto in September. You know what I mean?
1: That's, 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 that's- Probably, that's probably, we're going to have to wait till September. That's so what I think. I think the industry is basing everything around Floyd's decision, if he's really going to leave in September. And I think that's how the industry is moving. The whole industry as a whole, basically Floyd's the payday. So everybody builds the hype off of, you know, he builds hype and he keeps people interested in the sports. That's what. They're looking for so if he steps down, somebody's got to fill those shoes, and it's going to be three, four people that's going to probably be vying for that spot. And yeah, it should be. It he should fight in May. I mean, like you said, that the date's open. It's money. That's the money. That's the money weekend. That's been the money weekend for the past what three, four years now.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Flo- Floyd's been. Floyd's been bringing a, a lot of boxes. Minus Floyd, take Floyd out of the equation. The undercards, everything goes on that weekend, you know, and that's been a big payday. We're used to it. We're used to spending money that weekend, you know. Right. It, it's becoming a, it's, it's a boxing holiday, if you want to speak. If you're a boxing fan, you look forward to those the first week of May. The last few years, you've looked forward to the first week of May if they're a boxing fan. So I, I'm almost sure that they're going to have to do something just to keep the payday coming. They're not going to let a payday go away.
0: Right. That's, you know, right. when it comes down to the business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, they're going to have to, you know, keep that first weekend of May, you know, up there for boxing because it's like, you know, that's like the biggest date there that they have out. So I mean they're gonna they're already looking forward to what they're gonna have to do next year because if if Floyd is really set on saying, Hey, September is my last fight then you know, the boxing world will probably have to see what they could do uh for May of twenty sixteen and you know, right now in this moment I really don't see much of anything else being bigger than uh Canelo and Golovkin for next year, um as far as like prospects goes. Uh, as far as like the biggest matchup that could be put together. Um what you think about it, uh Greg? Uh,
1: in my opinion, Floyd isn't going anywhere. Floyd Floyd is a businessman and he says all the right things. Floyd knows how to make you want him even when the casual fans say that they don't. Floyd knows what he's doing and once he hits forty nine and oh they're going to throw so much money at him to, to 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 try to break Marciano's record. So everybody who thinks Florida's done in September, I got a bridge I want to sell you because he's not done. He, he's going to break that record. But he, he's doing it in a way where he can get the most money. He's going to get the most bang for his buck. Because if I keep telling everybody that I'm retired, right, and and Mm -hmm. I'm adamant about retirement, that's only going to make you offer me that much more money to fight again. Because one one minute you look at Floyd, he says he's going to retire. Next minute he says he don't know. It depends on how he feels. He says he contradicts himself all the time. Right. I have a question, question, though. Who is it left for him to fight to bring the payday? I, I honestly believe people pay to see him lose. That's what they they're do. paying for. That's correct. They, look, the majority, you know, if you, you go to a Mayweather fight, you and I both know you've been in there
2: before.
1: 90% of the people are there to see him lose. Floyd's fans really can't afford to come and watch him live. Exactly. The, the, the majority of Floyd's fans are the pay-per-view buyers, correct? Okay, yeah, so, I the, the majority of people that's going to watch Floyd is like Ali all over again. They want to see him lose. Okay, so believe me, they'll build another one up, and it's looking like Triple G, right? They're going to build somebody up, whether it's Kodo again for a 160 strap. They'll build somebody up for him to fight, and the same thing will mm-hmm. happen. It'll be the same outcome. Yeah, I mean,
2: right.
1: um, I was having this argument the other day about this, because I'm a Floyd fan. And I'm a Floyd fan because I'm not a hardcore boxing. I don't know boxing. I'm a hardcore fan, but I don't know the science behind it as much as mm-hmm. the next one. You know, so I follow. And I had an argument the other day, and I said, well, if you're disappointed in Floyd's fights, then you should be disappointed in Pacquiao, not Floyd, for not in exactly. the fight that you want. Because you really, he's never given you that fight. You've never saw that fight from Floyd. And if you did see it, you saw it when he was basically 20 years ago, 15 years ago. You didn't see it for the past 10 years. You hadn't seen it. So right. if, you're upset, if you're really upset about that fight and you wanted to see action or that slugfest like everybody talks about, I say that um, you should be mad at Pacquiao for that, not Floyd. Then the Correct. next thing... I'll, I'll ask you guys because you, you you both of you sound like you know better. This is the argument. This is the second part of the argument that I threw in was that I'm I'm 38 years old, so I can't go much further back than the 80s. You know, Sugar Ray
2: was, was mm-hmm. my childhood
1: thing, and then Mike Tyson came. You know, I I, I remember Mike Tyson in USA fights. You know, when they they had the Tuesday Night Fights right. in USA, I remember I sure. remember that, but I was an elementary school kid though. We had heavyweights. All our movies were heavyweights, Rocky and, you know, et cetera. We don't have heavyweights anymore. Mm
2: -hmm. And
1: I think everybody's used to watching heavyweights. You know, that's the disappointment that you don't have that fight. Like, you're not even going to get that fight with the little guy anyway. Right. You you are so correct because, you know why everybody deems themselves around the big guys. Okay, but even as much as I love Mike Tyson, right? Uh When everybody else was on Mike Tyson, Penell Whitaker was my favorite because you know why? I like seeing a real boxing match. I like to see the technical side of it. Not to knock Mike because I love to see the knockout, but I mean, you can't learn anything from Mike. I mean, one part of the fight is over. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But but you. But you know, I'm 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 not going to dispute you. I'm a I'm a I'm gonna back up your saying. But I'm gonna say this: if you're a true Mike fan, most of his fights weren't knockouts. They really went ten, twelve rounds. A lot of his fights went a long way. Mike well, had kills.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, well, the early Mike went like when he fought um, him and Razor Ruddick that one fight, then the other fight, Richard Steele stopped it prematurely. Okay. Mm, the early fights he did, he got some rounds
2: in, you know. No, but, but I
1: know what you're saying. But uh, both of them were knockout fights. You know, right. he, i I, I'm, I'm, I dispute all of them. Like, you know, I'm a hardcore Mike fan because I was a Mike fan I was young coming along. Right. He was the, you know, so, and like Michael Jordan, like how you said, everybody was a Michael Jordan fan. I became a Lakers fan because everybody was with Michael Jordan. I was with Mike Tyson because I didn't really know anyone else. You know, you follow behind right. what you see. Right. But as but as we move forward, like every sport has moved into more of a skilled position. Everything is more skilled there than it was before. Before was a brute force way of playing every sport. Home run hitters, knockout boxers, running back from football. You know, it was brute force. Now it's more skill-based. You can't fail in the NBA anymore, so you really have to be skillful in your defense. And, you know,
2: it's, yeah. it's different.
1: And and, and yeah. the same with boxing. I, what I see now is I see more of a skill set. Like that fight I watched last night on HBO was disgusting. <laughs> that was the guy Kirkland was disgusting. That was disgusting. Bro, you, uh, right. brother. I hey, I like you, bro, because you know why. I mean, the casual fans, and this is one question that I always ask them. I right, everybody knocks any skillful fighter, whether it's Riggan as good as he is, a skilled dropster. I Laura, anybody that has skill, Andre Ward to Mayweather, right? Okay. Yep. But but they they command. The slugfest, they command the brawl. I ask Mm -hmm. everybody that comes up and they talk about this guy, that guy, the skill. I say, if your son boxed, who would you want him to fight like? Would you want him to fight like Mayweather or would you want him to fight like Arturo Gotti? And all the ones that talk bad about Mayweather, it's funny, I get the same answer every time. The same yeah. answer every was, time, and the is always, I'm oh, to fight like they was 'Cause they're they only they to get on hit and they return Yeah, You
2: know, you yes, yes, want to exactly. be able to talk to your son when,
1: when his career is over. So, yeah, you know, exactly. Is,
0: and, and, exactly. And my thing is, now, my thing about the whole, the whole thing about, you know, casual fans and whatnot is, is that casual fans are kind of drawn into the guy that that has the most flash, that's the look at me type of fighter, you know, exactly. or or anything or anything across the board, because like big big fights are 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 kind of like rotated about around big stars. Like you have you have Mayweather now. You have, before that you had Oscar De La Hoya. Before that you had Mike Tyson. Before that you had Sugar Ray Leonard. Before that you had Muhammad Ali. You know, so. All of those big fights really like shined around big fighters. So yeah, you did have the guys that kind of like slugged it out, you know, every time. Like you'll have a, a a a match like you know Alvarez-Kirkland, or you'll have something where we have Matisse versus Provotnikov or a classic like a, a um, Corrales-Castillo. But these quote-unquote casual fans don't follow those type of fighters. Yeah. So if I if like, like if I put out who if I ask somebody who watches boxing and watched the main event last week, who is Ruslan Provodnikov? Most likely they wouldn't they would tell know. me who that is.
1: They wouldn't know.
0: If if I asked them, you know, who who is Guillermo Rigando, Most likely they wouldn't tell me who that is. No, nah, they don't know. They don't know. So funny thing. So I mean, my thing is is that, okay, you watch boxing probably once a month or probably, you know, once every once three months. But are you there no. – or once a year. Yeah, you're right, once a year. But right. you're not Poor watching types. it every single week. Yeah, the, the you're not watching it them, every single week.
1: The majority of them is talking. I call them, you are just a big fight fan. So every time it's a big fight, you will have a party. You can't name me four yeah. active fighters. Well you know, four. Yeah. So that's what you always gonna have. Like I told this one guy, I said, you are not the reason that boxing is alive today. I said, you casual fans that jump in and out, you guys aren't the reason. It's a reason boxing is a world sport. You know, here in the States, you know, you you have basketball, you have football, you have baseball, you have hockey. Right. We, we, we right. have a lot of choices. But when you go abroad, it's either this or that. So, therefore, when when you see the brothers from England and and when when, when they fight, remember the Ricky Hatton days or the Costa Zoo days oh, man. or whoever.
0: Yeah, when, when, yeah. When
1: they fought, it was a major thing. They were filling up soccer stadiums, right? I mean, the stadium was packed.
0: I mean, right. come on, I mean, man. Like Ricky Hatton, man, this is madness. It's right. madness.
1: And therefore, I hate to cut you off, J.B., but for everybody yeah. who's saying, um, oh, nobody's going to buy me in September, right. I say, man, you crazy, because I'm going to tell you why. All
2: right?
1: If he fight Amir Khan, all of them cats going to cross the Atlantic. They're going to come across, and they're going to buy you know, and even though I don't want to see him fight Amir, because I don't think that Amir deserves the opportunity. You know, when I look at, come on, man, look—he's getting ready to fight um, the kid that, that the New York kid. Um, uh, what's hold
0: on, his name? Hold on, hold on. Uh, oh, oh, man, you mean to do that fought Pacquiao before? Uh, hold on. And he
1: really took it. Yeah, Algeria. Yeah, he's been uh, that yeah. All right. And yeah, come,
2: <laughs>
1: <I'm here. laughs> <laughs> right. come on, I mean I, I just don't think that what you've done deserves a shot. But to get back to um what we was just talking about before, and when you talk about Matisse and Provotnikoff's last fight, yeah, those two were engaging in a slug but they showed skill. If you watch Matisse, look, he, he he would catch and shoot a lot of times. It just right. wasn't like the fight last night where these two dudes are just swinging. Well, Kirkland didn't show no defense. Canelo did show something by covering up. But, but right. the fight wasn't like the Matisse fight. If you watch Matisse, I mean, he, would, he, he caught a lot of punches. I mean, he took a few, but he did catch some. So, I mean you can find some value in some slug fesses, right? But the one right. like last night with, with Kirkland, I mean, it was no value with him. He, he's one-dimensional, and, and I knew that was going to happen before because of the fact that you had to put $900 up to make a 100 and I couldn't make any money off of it. Right, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. see, it's, it,
1: but But, if you take it just like you said before, with the casual fan, if you take any sport any any actually any industry, you can even step out of a sport and go into some industry that has people that are popular and people that aren't popular or very popular, and you say when the n b a players pick all stars and when football players pick. Pro Bowls, or if a boxer was to pick the best boxers, they always pick people that the majority of people have never heard of. Never the stars are picked. So if you play football, you never say that, that court, you know, they never say Peyton Manning was the best. It's obvious it's that lineman or this guy. You know, it's so the purists always see who's really good, but the natural casual fans are actually the ones that they're trying to get to spend the money. Because Uh, we, we, you, the rest of us, we don't spend that kind of money just on – you 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 see behind the Floyd promotion fight. You see behind it. They don't see behind it. You're looking at the undercard. They're looking at who Floyd's fighting and what day of the week it is. That's who they're right, trying right. to – Right. Yeah. They, yeah it, it's like you. they don't have to advertise to you to like it. You're going to seek them out. They got to right, get right. the people that – they. And, and that's what, to me, that's what, like, this last – like, the last Floyd fight. If you look at all the hype – that was surrounding the fight. You look at all the celebrities that attach themselves to—that's what they want it for. You know, they don't want it for you to see the fight. You're going to see the fight anyway. It's uh, for the mm-hmm. people. It's for—it's really for the people who <clears throat> are the casual, the, the casual fans, the barbershop watchers. You know, the people that yeah. argue that. Yeah. You know, because they only argue about Floyd and Pacquiao. They don't argue about anybody Bob, else. No, no one. Because yeah, they, they don't know anyone else. Right. They don't know anyone that exists. I told somebody right. that Khan was going to be who Floyd fights in September. Uh, and You know what, brother? I think you're right. I really do. I mean, if you're going to lining nothing. up, they said <laughs> the Ramadan is running early, so he could get ready for the fight. Business-wise, it makes the most sense. I mean, that's you know, why yeah. I'm looking yeah.
2: at, at it. He's, when you're He's looking at it.
1: <clears throat> When you look yeah, at and Danny the thing Goss about it is, or, yeah. or Amir Khan. Amir Khan makes the most sense. Danny Danny got a small base, right? Amir Khan got a yeah. big base. So September, I yeah. have to see him and Amir. No, because you got to think of it this yeah. way. Amir is a character himself. Right. But we know outside of real reality, Floyd's going to beat him. We know that. That's not even. That's not the question here. The question is going to be: By a mere being a character that he is, he's going to have sixty percent of the casual fans believing he can win. Right. And, right. and, 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 and just like, just like, the, the, listen to all the ones, and, and I, we had this conversation last week. Look at all the ones that, even though they just watched Mayweather well and Pacquiao. Now they're still saying, oh, i like to see it again with Pacquiao having a good a, – a, both arms being good. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, you, you know you,
2: oh, I, I'm like, nah, nah.
1: you want to see nah. this again? But I, nah. I, I feel the exact same way about Canelo. You want to see this again? Man, are, are you kidding me? Canelo, I mean, he exactly. made Canelo look like a novice fighter. I mean – Yeah, he did. You want to see this again? I mean – I was there. If it wasn't for the Matisse, um, the Matisse-Danny Garcia fight, Let's see. I mean, that gave me a little bit of action. I mean, Floyd, it was yeah. just like, man. So it I have a question. was like he was yeah. playing around. I have a right. question. This is for both of you. This is a hypothetical question, but this is a question that I pose to everybody that keeps rooting for Floyd to lose, right? Especially when he was fighting Pacquiao or most of the boxers that he fighting. <laughs> So, so I, this is this is this something completely, especially, you know, when we throw a race thing into the play,
5: right? I throw oh, yeah. the race thing oh, in there yeah. and, say,
2: wow.
1: and say, this is where I'm going at with it. I'll say to white people that you should especially want Floyd to win every fight because if Floyd loses the, all the belts out of the country now, what happens then? The belts are gone, right? Well, I mean, I know uh, boxing is uh, a world sport, but for the most part, yeah. Ali, Frazier's, Leonard's, you know, the, the belts have been here, which, right, meant, yeah. which gave them. The, you, you, now right. the Russians got those belts.
0: You know, like yeah, the old
1: belts are gone.
0: But here's the thing. Here's here's the here's the problem with that, and, and this goes across the board, and and here it goes to the point that um that Greg was talking about as far as like boxing being a world sport. With, with boxing, you have you have these fighters that have you know been over the past to today that they come from other countries that their whole country ties into. For example, right. either the country or the province they tie into. Like for example, right. in Puerto Rico, they had Tito Trinidad, and now they have Miguel Cotto. In Argentina, mm-hmm. they had Maravilla, um, you know, Martinez. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had Maidana. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I England, you have Ricky Hatton. You have Matisse. Yeah, Matisse in Argentina. In England, you have Amir Khan or you have Ricky Kel Hatton, Kell Brook, so Kel on Brook. and so forth. Or, or you have uh, people that are in, you know, um, Germany or whatever it is. But when it, it comes can. to America, you really don't have anybody, like their whole country's tying, like putting their whole efforts into rooting for a particular fighter in America, especially but, black fighters. But no, you, know, you don't, don't have
1: that until all of have belts seen it. Until, yeah.
0: until, until I mean, it becomes issue. And, and we got yeah, like I mean, about it. like about two and a half two and a half minutes left I, on this show. It, so let, let uh,
1: me say this let me, say this. let me say this, and I'm gonna let you go. All right. all right. It was. All right. I talked to a brother um, last last week. He was like sixty something years old, and he was talking about how he was a big Pacquiao fan. I said, man. I said, bro. I said, just looking at your age, it's hard for me to believe that you're pulling for Pacquiao. You're not pulling against a brother. So I went back to, him. I said, you probably remember the Sugar Ray Robinson days when y'all was listening to it on the radio when he was a kid and this and that. So he was in agreement, right? But he said, right. said Pacquiao was his man. So I let him go. I talked to this white gentleman that's about 56, 57 years old. And I said, I asked him, who was he pulling for? He said he was pulling for Pacquiao. Then, you know, the first thing he said, he said, Peyton has only made $227 million in his whole career, and Mayweather's going to make this in one night. I said, so it's more about the money Mayweather's making, uh, or is it more yeah, about who's making it? It's who's making it. Yeah,
0: right? it, yeah, you're right. You're
1: absolutely right. It, it, see, it, it, it's a couple of dynamics behind it. It's a couple of dynamics behind mm-hmm. it. Hey, he makes it, and he appeals to a certain generation of a certain group of the ethnicity, not right. the whole ethnicity at large. A certain group in the ethnicity. Right. You said it earlier. The people that like Mayweather can't afford to fight.
2: So who who right. really likes them The have
1: nots. Right. The have nots like Floyd.
2: But know, it's them. sad.
1: It's sad that we don't embrace our fighters the way that Mexico embraced theirs, right? Yeah. The way that the way that England. Uh, Brace stairs. It's like, it's it's really sad. At one time we did, but that's before all of our time. That was the Joe Louis days, the Jack Johnson, the Sugar Ray Robinson, etc., cetera, et cetera. I mean, even Ali, you know, but like today, it's like a lot of us are hating so much. Right. We want, a lot of us want him to lose just as much as everybody else, and we already know their reasons of wanting him to lose. I mean, but that's just how that's how it goes. I mean, a lot of us always yeah.
2: get blind.
0: Yeah, yeah. the thing is it, with this win. other thing here is that they never really. When when people say they pick Pacquiao, real quick, when they said they pick Pacquiao, they never really said why Pacquiao was going to win. Never, no. I've never seen no, that. They just never to really, really seen that. It's just, just one point to, to lose, and that and that was the bottom line with that. Now I'm gonna see uh, what goes on here. Now. um, I see that y'all are still on, on the line. So what what happens here is that, you know, the live show is off and then we have a little bit of overtime here going on. So um, okay. people will be able to listen to this show, you know, that goes on overtime a little bit afterwards. So I'm going to extend this for, you know, as long as I can, probably about 30 minutes. But I wanted to really get into this point because when I was watching the fight and I asked people, you know, and I asked the black dude, I said, I said, who you rooting for next? Mayweather or Pacquiao? And he said Pacquiao. And I'm like, wait a minute. So you mean you're gonna tell me that you're gonna root for this dude that you really don't really know all too much compared to Mayweather who's been who's basically been where we've been through, most of us have been through, you know, to to get to the level that he's in, and then you're still gonna root for Pacquiao. And and he pretty much gave like a bad reason, right? Mm -hmm. Now, there was, like, another one, right? Now, this goes to Mayweather's author field antics, which really got me. And Greg knows about this one, is that there was one person in particular that kind of pointed out the stuff that Mayweather did outside of the ring. Now, to me, I'm like this. What you do in the ring, I root for what you do in the ring, well, what you do outside of the ring, either you either you rectify it or you don't. If you rectify it and then you basically pay for your price, then you should be forgiven for it. It's no different right. than Michael Vick. Michael Vick went to jail, did his due, did his deed, got out of jail, and tried to rehash himself. And even when he tried to do that, people were after him for that, too. And the it, same, it, thing it, goes, same case goes with Mayweather. And the thing is, is that a lot of people haven't really seen Mayweather face-to-face, eye-to-eye, after he went out of jail and see how he's acted ever since then. Okay, I
1: I, I, I got something for that, right? And we haven't cussed, so I'm not going to cuss, but I'm just going to say that when they bring up the domestic violence or the jail issue, I can look you in your face, look you dead in your face and say, that is a good lie. That is a wonderful lie That's wonderful Because you hold no one else to these standards Right. That's how I know That's the first thing And I don't even have to go through their life And point out to other people that they didn't hold to them standards They have friends they don't hold to those standards Right, so it's, not even, right. it's not. That's that's not even something That I entertain it as an excuse Right I don't entertain yes. it And two, right. the only reason why you said Listen, all you have to do is watch ESPN Watch enough things that don't like someone And understand where they get their arguments from They watch it too mm-hmm. Right mm-hmm. So Ask them to tell you some. All you do when you talk to these people And it goes with any topic Take away those platforms Say, all right, look I know his domestic violence issues I know that he doesn't do slug fast Now tell me something else I know he likes to brag about his money Tell me something else Take those three platforms away from him Like, I don't like those either But I can tell you fifty other reasons why I do like him that outweigh those, as far as a boxer. Because I don't know the guy personally, you know I don't personally know him. To say that I would like him or don't like him, but I do know him from his sporting ability, and that's what I like about him. But you know what, brother? Hate to cut you off, but see this—this is what irks me the most. I mean, somebody else on my right quick. quick?
0: Okay. Go ahead, uh, Greg. I just put uh, 813-466 on the line, but continue, Greg. All right, listen to me.
1: How many times have you guys heard this? Um, Well, what do he do for his own community, right? And I'm like, (laughs) okay. I said, yeah, I, 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 I know for a fact that you guys, have been out there on the scene around the fight, whether it is uh, fight week or whatever. So you guys see sides of all these guys that most of the public don't see because they don't never put themselves in that type of atmosphere. I mean, uh-huh. I tell them, a lot of times that that guy, when it comes to kids, they'll sign about every autograph, him or Rogers, right now. Yeah. he's a little different. You know, he thinks he's the star, right? Okay, but, they get Michael too in the same way. But I'm like, do these guys, are they supposed to have a commercial over all the money that they give back? I
2: said,
1: every time they right, I mean, so it's like, you're not supposed to, okay, you're supposed to tell about every time you see the homeless or every time you give money to the United Negro College Fund, or the Comer stuff. You know, if 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 he had did that, then you would have something to say about that. You know, it's like so. I'm like, are you upset because he's not giving you any money? You know, because he does a lot. outside. Researching. If you research, no, you him, know, in, you know how. I got a different approach to that, because I got strong. I got strong opinions <laughs> on giving back to the community. Because I'm from the right. community, and I got a pretty decent upper-middle-class gig right now, and I've changed, you know, things around in my life. So I have a different view which is on, on giving back to the community. Because Floyd Mayweather has less than a billion dollars, right? If he was to sign over his entire net worth, it wouldn't help but a half of a neighborhood. So him giving back to the community is giving hope. He gives hope to people. Meaning that there's a kid right now that's living in a neighborhood somewhere who looks up to Floyd, loves Floyd, and you know what he does? He imitates Floyd by working out all day long and putting in his whole life and training extremely hard so he can be the best boxer that he can be because that's what Floyd does. That's how he gives back to his community. Right. Giving physical money, giving physical money is is is, a, is, is arbitrary. You can point that out. Right. I live in Baltimore. Melo has given more to this city than a little bit. And technically, he got basketball courts, he got centers and all of that. But I'm going to say, what has that done for the community? It's hundreds of millions, tens of millions of dollars. But what has that actually – I mean, it's done something. But what he does the most, it gives hope to all these boys that play basketball in the neighborhood. They're now going right. to college. So right. that because of these guys, they're doing things that they wouldn't be doing because so right.
0: they did. Hold on, uh, real right, quick. Is- a- 813-466, you're on the line. Uh, You wanted to say something?
4: Oh, this is Nakari.
0: Oh, okay, you're back? Hey, okay, gotcha.
4: Yeah, I'm back. I um, When I came, when I was listening to you guys, it was about five minutes ago, when you guys were talking about how a lot of people <clears throat> were saying they are going for Pacquiao, it kind of pained me because we went and watched the fight at a friend's house and they were basically having the same attitude. I was like, it was kind of odd because first of all, he's an American and we're in America. We're all Americans here. How can we go against another American? Plus he's an Olympian. You always side with the Olympian. It's hard to beat an Olympian. It's just, I don't, I didn't understand that. And it was kind of, it pained me to hear a lot of people. It was, 60% 60% of people thought that he was going to lose or wanted him to lose. They knew better, but they wanted him to lose. I'm just like, how can right. one? How can a group of people, um, just like a person that much, everybody falls short at some time. So you can't hold mm-hmm. him, uh, you know, differently than you hold anybody else. It's not right. Wrong is wrong any way you put it. So, I mean, everybody falls short, like I said. And it's just crazy. He's an American. I'm an American. He's black. And these were a lot of black people, too, that were like, no, I'm going for backyard. I'm just like, how could you? Like, really? Right. Exactly.
1: I'm going to say this. I don't want to cut anybody off, but I'll say that we should. It it, it, it looks this bad because everybody wants Floyd to leave. You know, that's the real key, key scenario, is that a lot of people want Floyd to leave, and a lot of people follow people. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't even, haven't even seen a Floyd fight or even seen them Instagram or Twitter pics of him doing certain things. They're just listening to other people and joining in on, you know, the, the, the Floyd Mayweather promotional gig because you only hear it when he's fighting. You don't hear anybody right. talk about him unless the fight's happening. You know, they don't care who he beats up or if he gets arrested. No one cares. No one cares when he went to jail because there was no fight. Right. Because you know the sad so, thing about it is, is, Hate to cut you off, well Mike Tyson was a convicted rapist, right? Even though I feel the brother didn't do it, right? But everybody loves Mike now, right?
2: Yes, yeah. uh, right.
1: You 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 hate Floyd over accusations of him having domestic dispute. You know, I mean, because if it was as serious as they said it was, I don't think he'd have did what thirty days or six forty five sixty days in jail. I think he'd have went for a whole lot longer than that. No, and this
2: you the fighter, right? Yes, I
1: am. Uh-huh. Hey, look, make sure we get your information. You seem like an intelligent sister. I'll make sure I help you out as much as I can. I got Thank a you question. Very much. I got a question. Could this All right.
2: Floyd,
1: could this Floyd animosity, right, not just uh, be the black right. thing, the 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 hood thing, the the success thing? Could it be our infatuation with the fact that he hasn't fell, fall from grace that everyone else does?
0: I think that's that really that really part of it. It. I think that's definitely part of it. Because when, you, mean, when, because you, we when like, you look
1: at Why do we like Mike now? Because he's broke now. He's like us now. I mean, I'm going to... Well, gonna I don't, well, I don't mean, know.
0: That. I wasn't... Wow. I wasn't really going to take it back to, like, that. But I was going to take it back to, like, when Ali came, right? And he was undefeated. And... He basically had his uh, little stint in jail because, or, you know, in exile uh, because he didn't join the draft. And then he basically, and then he came back to the ring, and then he had like a couple of fights before he fought Joe Frazier. Now, there were still people there that, you know, rooted for Ali, but a lot of people rooted for Joe Frazier. A lot of, I know a lot of white castes rooted for, you know, rooted for Joe Frazier to beat Ali. You know, yeah, right. and, yeah, and then and then and then when that happened, uh, he basically, you know, Ali lost, and he basically, you know, humbled himself, and he like, you know, said, "Hey, everybody has his day," you know what I'm saying, or stuff like that. And that's when more people started to like him because he took his loss with grace. And the yeah, reason, and part of the reason grace. why people don't like, part of the reason why some people don't like Floyd Mayweather is because he has never lost. So they can't well, like, say, oh, like how he lost or, you know, they can't like kind of like him because he lost and how he would take the loss. When you really want to basically want to go out there to win every single time, you want to be a winner. You don't want to be a loser. You don't want to fall in second place. Yeah. So why are you hitting on somebody that doesn't want to be in second place?
1: I go along with it to a certain extent on that because all uh, right. One thing that everybody said about the Ali and Frazier fight, they blame they blame the loss to Frazier on one thing, his inactivity, so, due to not going to en- enlist in the military. I mean, if you go back and, and and if you talk to the old cats who was who was around then, or or if you do the research, everybody said the same thing. Frazier would have never yeah. beat Ali if he'd have stayed an active fighter, right? Okay, okay. Well, but And that's a form of opinion. But the biggest thing that I think when it comes to Mayweather, just like the brother just said, he, he made a value a valid point. They worried about where he's going to rate himself as the greatest of all times because if you look at it, what he's doing, right, Shane Mosley said after that fight he's got to be top five, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, to me, that's the biggest thing with him. They worried about where he's going to go down in the history of the sport. That's another reason why you have a lot of them that wants him to lose because I don't care what nobody say. They don't he's want him to be the go face down of it. Him. Right, exactly. Don't, I and that's that. what I mean. But, 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 think, but think about this. Everyone that we argue about that, of being the best, right, at almost everything has fell from grace. Tiger Woods fell from grace. Michael Jordan right. star got killed, and they said he was through his gambling debts. Remember that? Yep.
2: Like, yeah. I, 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 I agree with that he, point. We, we, yeah, that was uh, uh, Tiger. He, all he went it to prison.
1: Hilarious. Ali, he went to prison. Um, Sugar Ray, he had the drug thing, and, he, and his right. messed up eye. I mean, we can just right. name them. They all fell from grace, except for Floyd.
2: Right, right. I mean, We
1: can find a few anomalies here and there, but I'm talking about mega superstars that are considered the best ever. You know, when uh, you, right. name one. We don't have any, even rappers are dead. I mean, and you never considered the best until. I mean, it, it goes like this. It goes like this. My grandfather used to say this to me all of the time and tell me to watch out for the tricks because he, he said, I lived long enough to see them all play out. He used to say this. What has Malcolm X done in his life to clean up his image since he's been dead? Because when he died, he was considered the apostle of hatred. How is it now that he's so great of a man and he's been dead? Right. So what he well, what, what we're trying to say is Floyd's bad now, so they have somebody that they need to put him up against.
2: Mm-hmm. He's the
1: bad because there's no one What's to put well? up. Against. It's, it, it, it's it's like Ali all over again nobody. Yeah. Ollie, when Ali when, when took his stand to not go to Vietnam, he picked up the college kids that had the same views that he had. So he picked up a, a, a small percentage of the white people, but the majority yeah. still wanted to see him lose. The majority still viewed him as a nigger. The majority still, you, you know, so you couldn't change that. But it's so funny how he He was looked at one way all this time, but now he's the face of 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 he and what has he done? He hasn't changed his stance on anything right 'cause i mean you and now he's you been look. celebrated for that for his right. stance, well he's been that's what i mean so, well
0: well, there's that, but over the course <laughs> of time, you know that the, the people that didn't like him back then. Some of them are not still here now. Yeah, they're gone. Right. So they're the gone. ones that, times were there, that were in college, yeah, times have changed. Those that are the college people. You know, they're still around right. here. You know, the the fifty, sixty, they and seventy year olds. Yeah, right. they're they're this. still here. So that's kind of so, so that's kind of it.
1: So is the question is is, is the, the answer to this question saying that the the younger group or the the, the next generation? When we're in our 70s, they're going to consider Floyd to be great. Correct. You, you, right, you yeah. understand? Like we we're we the argument is with us. Ten year olds mm-hmm. right now that didn't get to see you know the five and the six and the seven year olds that didn't get to see Floyd fight. But when they grow right. up and they become like how uh-huh. we I, how I watch Ali fight, mm-hmm. I argue with right. Ali principle. I was born in '76. Right. I didn't see them Ali fights. You get what I mean? So, right, right. I mean, that's right, and you're absolutely right. I mean, I I, I watched them all. I mean, like, I, my mom used to think I was crazy over how much I would watch one fight over and over. You know, I would I would go back and I would watch all the footage I could find of Henry Armstrong or this mm-hmm. fight and that fight. I mean, that's just where I would be a young cat in the barbershop shop talking to the old guys, and we'd be talking about Max Smelling and Joe Lewis, and they'll look at me like. Son, how old are you? And it made them look at me in a whole different way because I was a student of the game. you
2: know. so yeah, right.
1: So, so, and they the, going to the be young. more. The, right. The young kids that today, they're going to base his skills in the ring not on personal appeal. They're going to base on what they see him do because all exactly. these people, all these people, they were everything that the media made them out to be, and he made them all look novice. That's the biggest thing he made. See, hit, hit, hit. Here's what's going to be funny. Here's what's going to be funny because we've seen it happen, and you'll see it with the sportscasters now. Here's what's going to be funny is that a lot of people that are sportscasting now will have mm-hmm. their 20 and 30 years in when these five- and six-year-olds become 20- 20 and 25-year-olds in 30-year-olds. Right. Right. Some of right. them will right. still be around. There will be another boxer that will be of that era or athlete of any sport of that era they will be comparing him to the person they condemn now. Right. Yep, that's it's, how
4: it is. Right. They,
2: will, they, will,
1: they will be in there saying, he don't have that mess that Floyd Mayweather had. I've watched Floyd. Right. I remember back when he right. fought Pacquiao and they, were supposed, they won't bring up no shoulder. They they will bring up a brilliant performance. Right, right. But if you right. was I, to I say, was where good. did you stand then? It's just like, right. it's just like, it's just like any it's like anything that you see now. If you see a person that's seventy, eighty years old, sixty years old, they would like to let you know they was a part of the civil rights movement. Right. Because you
2: can't it's it's like
1: it's like any time that you watch Burt Sugar or anybody, the old school historian and then my hat's off to them. I respect yeah. them a lot. But I mean, it's just something about people adapt to their generation. If you yes. come from this era you are gonna say Michael Jordan's the best. If you come yes. from this area you are gonna say this guy's the best, right? And right. The younger cats, they just gonna have uh the opinion of what they see because they have nobody mm-hmm. to identify themselves to. So all they can go wow. by is the actual footage that they that that they see.
0: Yes. Yeah. Now I was I was pretty much gonna go off of um the thing, like, right after the fight, they had uh, ESPN, uh, you had the analysts, uh, you know, you had um, Joe Tessitore, uh, Bernard Hopkins, and you had oh, um, uh, your boy, um <clears throat> keep forgetting his name, Teddy Atlas, right? Yeah. And, and Teddy Atlas kind of, like, said that he couldn't put Floyd Mayweather amongst the best of all time because of the timing that you know, he fought the fighters that he fought. And he said he couldn't put them against the Sugar Ray Robinsons and the Muhammad Ali's and the Sugar Ray Leonard's and so forth. But my thing was is that if you're going to say that about Ford Mayweather, then you might as well say that for every fighter that comes out after Ford Mayweather. Because if, if if boxing is going to be the way that it is now, then you can't really put any fighter, no matter how good that they're going to be, amongst the greatest of all time compared to those people. I mean, See, that's, the thing not that that's not a fair statement. It, it's not it, fair. It, it, it's not a fair statement to me because it's like, well, the thing about boxing back then is, boxing was not much of a business then as it is now. So those Sugar Ray Robinsons and those Muhammad Ali's and those Jack Johnsons and so on and so forth, they didn't have any type of choice to fight that, to fight anyone else who was in front of them. There was no, there was like no, um, you know, Bob Arum or Top Rank Promotions and Gary Shaw Promotions and Don King Promotions well, and all of that. Well,
1: I got a, I got yeah. a question. I got a question though, because if 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 you're gonna give Floyd that measurement. Can't you measure every other boxer the same way? Like, okay, Mike Tyson fought Larry Holmes. You gonna tell me Larry Holmes was in his prime when he fought Mike
0: Tyson? Fourth nah. Time? Yeah. When, when, when yeah the we all know. Yeah. I mean, we all know that. We all know that Larry Holmes was, wasn't in his prime, prime when he fought Mike I mean, Tyson. Yeah. Listen, we know that.
1: That's what I mean, though. That's what I mean. Like, if we go through every boxer, Muhammad Ali was twenty, twenty-one years old winning the championship. Who? He's fought plenty of people outside of their prime, that's what made them great to make him great. You got to fight. If you beat Floyd right now and you're a fighter, are you going to say you're fighting Floyd in his prime or at the end of his career? Like, right. I mean, he's 38 years, 37 years old. When is it a fair fight? Right. Everybody's fighting. He's old. He's just, I mean, Floyd's not 25. It'd be different if was right. 25 fighting 35. He's. I don't I don't understand when they say like you know you fought De La Hoya at the end like come on man you fought Pacquiao five years later no man I yeah, think was, was right but my thing is but when Pacquiao fought De La Hoya after Floyd they gave him all the credit in the world yeah I mean
5: not only do that
1: okay I went when Pacquiao fought Ricky Hatton after Floyd oh he done something. It ain't about mm-hmm. who Floyd beat. It's just the fact that it was Floyd who beat them. Because they, they passed mm-hmm. you out. You look at their resumes. At one point in time, they fought the same guy. Marquez, right um, mm-hmm.
2: uh
1: Ricky Hatton. Well, why Ricky Hatton, same Right. One carried so much more weight than the other one did. I mean, it's ironic to me. So... Right. Is, is it is it is it safe to say? Is it safe to say that right now this country, the majority of the people want to see Floyd lose. If we don't have, if Floyd doesn't lose and he wins fifty fights, because I believe he's going to give these people fifty fights, I don't believe he's going to stop tying anybody. Um, he gives us fifty and then he leaves. If Floyd doesn't, he doesn't, um, you know, lose a fight. Where is he stand in the Hall of Fame? Like, where is he gonna stand truthfully amongst the the hall? You know, the real the people that put you in the Hall of Fame, the sports writers. You know, like, where is his legacy really gonna stay? Well, well, the sports where writers will
0: stand? not give him. To me, I don't think the sports writers will give him the credit that he really deserves. He deserves. Thank you. I go And, 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 and it's, it's, got, it's, it's it's the same thing, like I said with Teddy Atlas it's no different than if um uh who's the announcer for um Showtime that they got out there. Um not I mean, you have Kellerman on one side. Who's the who's the guy on Showtime that they had uh Brian commentating Kennedy. on? Not Brian Kennedy. Nah, he he was with um he was with Lampley and Jones in that in the when they called the fight. Um oh, I know who you're talking
1: about. I can't think of his name.
0: Yeah, um, like he, like he's a good, he's a very good analyst, but I don't think, I, but I don't think he would be somebody that would put Floyd Mayweather amongst the top ten of all time. You know what I mean? He, he yeah. like those type of guys that write are like the to me they're like the worst guys because they always have an agenda, you know, that they yeah. carry with them. So. If they don't like a certain fighter, they're not gonna put them up there amongst the likes of you know where they're gonna where they should put them at. Like they'll have somebody like a a, a Harry Greb above Floyd Mayweather or somebody like um Joe uh I don't know um who's another good defensive fighter that was like way back in the day. I'm talking about like way before. Willie like Cornell Whitaker, Pepp. or something. Yeah, Willie, yeah exactly. Willie Pep. Like, they'll put Willie Pep above Floyd Mayweather or something like that. And I'm like, and, and, y'all want in there. It,
1: it, if you take the time to go back and watch Willie Pep, Willie Pep wasn't really that defensive. He just used his legs to stay out of trouble. I mean, he, he didn't catch anything. He really didn't slip a lot. He just used his legs. But they deemed him as a master defensive fighter. Shit, he was no Pernell Whitaker. He was no Floyd, but he's a master fighter. But like I say, Mm -hmm. not taking anything away from Muhammad Ali, okay, they always try to critique who Floyd fought, right? But when I look at Ali, right, okay, and I look at everybody who he's faced, all right, besides Sonny Liston, okay, and I don't really give a lot of credit to uh, Floyd Patterson, because Floyd Patterson was scared to death when he fought him and
2: he didn't really put
0: him Really on. Yeah, he was, own, he was,
1: he
2: right? was. All right? He and was.
1: And then, I don't care what nobody say, Jerry Quarry and and Bonaventure, they they wasn't, man, come on. They wasn't that tight. Now, I'll give Frazier, Sonny Liston, okay? I'll even give credit to um, who else? Ken Norton. All right, Ken Norton, and then George Foreman. But when you look at the Webners, the Ronnie Lows, and the guys, <laughs> the Bob Foster, i mean, come on! I mean, it ain't like that. Those were—they were that type of fighters. And then you got to also look at. So it's four of them that we can all deem that they were pretty tough. You know, even Ernie Shaver—he was never a champ, right? They say he could pump hard, right. but I mean, you got to look at what he's done in the sport. And then for you to fight, Leon Spinks, a guy that's got seven fights. He's (laughs) six six wins, zero losses, and one draw. Never should he lose to a guy with seven fights. Never. He should have beat himself. I mean, so when when they want to talk about who you face, okay, I don't see a long line of champions on his resume. And and I give him all the credit in the world. I I, I think he's the greatest heavyweight, right? But still, mm-hmm. I don't I don't deem a lot of these guys as being champions. You know, they were contenders, and a lot of them would speak right. for the fighters. But it's just it's all about who's doing the critiquing of the fighters and the
0: era that they come from. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I look at I look at yeah, I look at Ali's resume, and, and yeah, you do have the you do have the Ken Norton's and Bob Fosse's and stuff like that. But like you said, with Floyd Patterson, that was one thing. And then, you know, back in the day, he fought um before all of that. He fought Archie Moore, and Archie Moore had about two hundred and thirty fights or something like that when he fought Ali. I'm like, come no, on, no, man,
1: Ali. I don't know. I don't think he ever fought Archie. You know, yeah, he did. He right. fought Archie
0: Moore. He did in 1962.
1: He did. Yeah, he did. He did. York, yeah, he did. He fought Archie Moore. Yeah, you all yep. right? But like yeah, I said, like, Archie man. Moore, you got to look at. It. But Archie Moore in '62, man, he he was done. You know, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I mean a lot of the guys I don't really. I mean, not taking anything away <laughs> from him. I just don't think that that uh, Charlie Powell and Henry Cooper and those guys, I mean, who are they? You know, I don't want right. give them the credit of of this and that. I mean, I give them credit for the four fights that stand out to everybody. I mean, that's much deserved. But a lot of them, I mean, when I look at Mayweather's record, I mean, Mayweather for champions, I don't care how you look at them, Diego Corrales was everything that they made him out to be. Yep. Except for when he fought Mayweather. After Mayweather, he was still that beast, right? Okay? Even Angel Man Freddy. Angel Man Freddy, I mean, for the ones that remember Angel, Angel was winning. He was HBO's guy. You remember, he was winning fight after fight. Smiling the title, right? All right?
2: Yep.
1: Go back. If you look at it, everybody was, they were champions, or they were in a position to become a champion. He make them all. Yeah, they. The same. Yep.
0: Yep.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's true. I mean, I, uh, I mean the guys that the guys that fought me the fought, man. I mean, you had Corrales, you had Castillo, you have, uh, you have um, Oscar de la Jolla, Marquez, Mosley, Mikoto, all of them. No. I mean and he's, and and he's like been I able said, to defeat them all. Like
1: I said, and they were everything that they were supposed to have be had been until after he beats them. And after he beats right. them, all, oh, man, those guys were pretty much nothing. I mean, you gotta make up your mind. Okay, they were deeming Diego Corrales to be like Roberto the Great, Roberto Durant, you know.
2: He yeah. was eating yeah. the floor
1: you know, right before the weigh-in and all of this, and they made a big thing about it, right? Okay. But mm-hmm. that night, hey, Diego looked like a novice fighter. I mean, you know, like I said, his resume speaks for itself. If we go back and you take Manny Pacquiao, you got fights with Madonna, you got Apple you got Guerrero, you got Cotto. Even though Victor Ortiz, I mean, he he, he, he had been a champion, Same old, you got Marquez, Ricky Hatton, Delahore, Valdez, Zab Judas, Shaw Mitchell, Arturo Gotti. All of these guys were champions. Every Mm. one of them. You know, it's like the whole list. Okay, even, man, we can continue to go down. Chop, Castillo. I mean, all of these guys were champions. Jesus Chavez, champions. I mean, Hernandez. I mean, I just don't see where, where every, who, the people who he faced they try to make, like, oh, after he beats him, like, they wasn't for real. They had to be for
0: real if they was wearing of the Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, exactly. I mean, I mean and, and the thing is, is that you had – and then you had Zab Judah. And remember, Zab Judah would have been the undisputed welterweight champion if he didn't mess up against Baltimore, you know, in, in that January of 2006.
1: Okay, but so, like I say speaking of Valdemir, okay, he beat Valdemir. He beat just uh Gino Hernandez, Justin Juco. I mean, if you name it, he beat him, you know. I mean and nobody they didn't give him the spot, you know what I'm saying? He took it. Like I say, tell me somebody was. that he didn't face that that were at a certain point in their career. He beat them all. Diego Corrales. He was thirty-three and zero when he faced him, right? right? Yep. He beat him. I mean, come on. Diego was everything that they said he was. And I'm gonna tell you one that to me that was an interesting fight was the Emmanuel Guff. You know, because Emmanuel was so animated, right? And and yeah. he made it a fun fight, even though Floyd picked him apart. But I mean, it was a fun fight to watch.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I I just don't know. I don't I don't know what they want. Like I said, man, who do y'all want him to fight? I mean, y'all want him to fight uh, Mike Tyson? <laughs> you know
0: who you want yeah, them to somebody, fight? They, give it's like they want him to fight. They want to fight uh, Golovkin at one sixty. And, and and the thing is, is that Mayweather don't even walk around it. Like when you know anything above 151. So it's like, how you going to have right. him try to get up to, you know, 155, 156 when he can't even right. really walk above 151? You know, he barely was able to, to me, he was barely able to make weight to fight uh, um, Canelo. You know, so right. he had to, yeah. you know, go up to make weight to fight Canelo, and then Canelo was going to go into the ring at, like, whether it's 167 or whatever it is, you know, to fight him. And, you know, it's like, what else, what else can he do? So that's why I'm like, he, he might as well just, you know, take his 49th fight and, and, and have all of these other guys, you know, fight on his undercard like, like those other couple of fights he had beforehand and just ride off into the sunset, you know, whether they try to give him millions for the 50th fight or not. Like, you really should intend to have his ninth fight be his last fight because there's nothing else for him to prove. There's nothing else. I don't see that. You know what I mean? Yes.
1: You're right, but I don't see it happening. I don't watch. They're going to they pay big money for that fifty fight. And it would surprise yeah. me that they try to pay him for a two-fight deal, which that would be 50 and 51. And yeah. Because you know why? As much as they want to pay him, a lot of them want to see him lose, too. You know? Yeah, So exactly. It's one of those things. But, man, I'm going to tell you, you're going to do it again next Sunday. We're going to do it every Sunday.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we're going to do it every Sunday here. Uh, we got, you know, the next thing coming up with, uh, you know, like I say, Triple OG against... Uh, William Monroe Jr. coming up on uh, the 16th, so we're going to see how uh, Galakian uh, performs, again, you know, for that fight. So, um, Hey, what did you
1: think about the um, the McDonald fight? Did you watch that one? fight? The, the the McDonald, Jamie McDonald, and, and the oh, tomato no. fight. You didn't watch no, that, I didn't one? Catch that, that one. That was the CBS fight. Yeah, that was the interview. Oh, that was fight. the one before...
0: Um, Oh yeah, yeah I, I I missed that one before the uh, Burns fight. I missed that one. Yeah, that was that
1: that that was a that was um. It was it was a good fight, but it was you you got to be, uh, let me see. You got to really watch that fight close to score it right because looking mm. at it, Kameda looked like he was he was winning. And the first three rounds, he was, because he dropped him in the third. Mm -hmm. But after that, uh, McDonald had just, he went back to to taking advantage of his distance, and he used his his reach advantage. He had like a seven-inch reach advantage. Uh, And then he pretty much outboxed it. And they came down to that Mm -hmm. final round. The 12th round was big, and he took it in the 12th. But it was a good fight to watch, and it was a very technical fight. You would really appreciate oh, okay. that one. so if you get a chance to oh, pull okay. it up and check it out, check it out. All
0: right. Because yeah, I, I'll,
1: I'll see, I see if I can yeah. see what your was on
0: it. Yeah, yeah, I'll see if I could do that one, um, and then see what I what I would do as far as uh, having an analysis on it, and maybe uh, you know, post it on um, the uh, website the sports dot com and go to the boxing section and kind of like put a little review of that fight. So. Um, I'll I'll see if I can check that out and then uh, probably write on it uh, a little bit later on in the week, though. But um, I'm going to see if I can, like, close this this show out. I would like to thank all of the people that called into the show and all that listened to the show. Uh, We'll see you same time uh, next Sunday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And um, remember, boxing is all about, you know, hitting and not getting hit. You don't necessarily have to stand and trade, all right? So uh, I'll see y'all next week. Thank you. All right.